Hi folks, this podcast is recorded in front of a variety of live studio things. Tonight's primary choice is, of course, the tiny orange cat who is asleep, and I could not wake her to, you know, remove her from the... that would just be cruel. And so the dogs are in the other room, the the other cats are in the other room, but but my tiny orange cat is, is asleep behind me, and it's disgusting and cute, and you know how that goes. I should mention at this juncture also that we swear, and while we're not going to be talking about anything explicit, because we're, we're, that isn't this podcast, the thing is that iTunes only has a clean and an explicit setting, and so I'm just, I, I'm setting it to explicit because it's not necessarily clean, and so that's how it is. So consider it like a PG-13, TV-14, whatever the appropriate rating is for your environment. I don't even know what the video game rating for it would be, but I'm sure there's something equivalent. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 38. I have a great interview for you this week with Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books. I am very excited, and I'm going to have a whole bunch of links for you because the hour we talked, I think we talked for close to an hour, yeah, was just um, a lot of fun and pretty astounding. And the bit where my normal recording program for these interviews crapped out, as usual, around uh, eight minutes in, means that uh, we, we went to a backup plan. And so the audio on my end is kind of crappy, because apparently I hit the wrong microphone selector when setting it up, and that's not cool. So, um, deal with it. I mean, not deal with it, but I apologize. I I did the best I could to clean it up and ran it through an online service to help, and hopefully it's not too horrible. But it's still worth listening to, because Sarah came out absolutely fantastic. I... I'm just really, really pleased with how well it came out, and I am really hopeful that you guys enjoy the interview. And we'll get to that in a couple minutes. Right now, though, Ursula is traveling. She is somewhere in the desert. She's been birdwatching all week so far, leaving me to be as productive as I can possibly be. And it's not necessarily a healthy productive. Like, I have my to-do list, and I have my things, and I'm getting everything done, but I'm also spending a lot of time working and not necessarily following through with all the self-care things that I need to do. Like, it's almost 9 p.m., and I just had dinner like 15 minutes ago. That's not good, because I was working until like almost 7 because I got my teeth into a problem. There was no really oversight here to say, hey, you need to stop and we need to have dinner. And I think that is something that a lot of people um, get into, right? It's just sort of a mindset, especially when you're younger, especially when you're single. Um, It's very easy to fall into the, well, I don't have anything else at the moment, so I'm just going to keep working because I can do that. And it becomes a a bigger problem. Yeah, you're productive, but it's not necessarily very healthy. And it's not necessarily um, a sustainable pace. And more importantly is that it contributes to our, our culture of... If you're not at work, you're not worth anything. The and I've I know we've talked about this before. The badge of honor uh, that you know being hyper productive is the most important thing, and that burning out is a badge of honor, and overworking is what you need to do to succeed in this world. Really, is not healthy and is a load of shit. And, you know, I have all kinds of other opinions on it, but that's sort of the simple one. It's crap, and one of the things I need to maybe do is set up some some self-care reminders, which 
is something that we I, I talked about with with Sarah, and um, I've got another guest coming up who we talked a lot uh, on the self self care side of things. So there's that. In terms of being productive and keeping up my system, I've been using Todoist more, and I've got I found these great scripts that automatically synchronize it with my Habitica and as Long-time listeners know I love Habitica. I love my leveling up my little warrior. I love getting all the pets. And having a script to synchronize between Habitica and Todoist is really useful. Because in terms of an organizational from a project standpoint, and scheduling, and having a quick, here is everything that needs to be done today. Todoist is aces. Absolute aces. Um, I had stopped using it for a while because the other script I was using to synchronize broke in new and impressive ways. So that, that had to go. And I'm really happy. I found this, this newer script and I'll link to it. I did have to tune it a little bit to work in my environment. So I'm now a code contributor to it. If, uh, if my patches ever get accepted. So there's that. The other script I found though, was one that automates Habitica things. And I know I'm talking a lot about Habitica this week. We'll, we'll get past that in a little bit. But it all, it all pulls together. Trust me. Um, <laughs> I've got a script now <clears throat> that goes in and feeds my pets in Habitica and does a lot of the sort of maintenance-y stuff that is part of the fun of the game. But after a bit, when, you, when I realized that at this point I am logging on to make sure I haven't missed any of my dailies and then to just spend 30 minutes feeding my pets and, and leveling them up and, and stuff like that. Eh, you know, it, it, it made sense. Plus it had not a, it has a, a feature where I can buff my other party members with an automated job at like four in the morning. So now it's not going to be like 1130 at night. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I need to go give everybody their daily buffs and nobody gets any of the advantages. Now it's all automatic. And, and that's kind of nice. The idea around automation, though, is kind of important because that's one of the things that Sarah and I are going to talk about, and we haven't talked that much about on the podcast in the past. I'm a big fan of If This Then That, I-F-T-T-T dot com. <laughs> Sorry, I had to count off T's in my head. And uh, the other service, Zapier, and both of them are absolutely fantastic. And uh, I, I really like being able to take things like, hey, I have just told my Amazon Echo to add something to a shopping list or as a to-do and have it automatically show up on my to-doist list. Or And, and Apple users, you can link it all with Siri kind of in, in similar ways. And uh, even when I was using, or when I'm using to-do TXT, that's something else I can automate, again, using if this, then that. The ability to say, okay, if I, say, add something to this list from this other service, automatically put it on the file or automatically put it into a spreadsheet. And that's the sort of thing that, that gives a lot of this its, its value in terms of remembering things or remembering to do things. And I think you've heard me ramble enough except I'm going to ramble some more only with bad audio at about the seven minute mark. So let's go talk to Sarah Wendell about how she stays productive and the automation she uses to make a lot of it happen. So we'll be back with that right after this. Hi, everybody. I am here with Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches. I'm really excited to talk to Sarah and to let you guys find out all about not just 
smart bitches, but how she keeps herself organized. So, Sarah, can you do like an introductory thing and maybe talk a little bit about what you do when you're not podcasting? Totally. Thank you again for having me. I oh. am really excited to be on your show. I have been listening while I walk my dogs. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> which is typical for me podcasting, uh, podcast listening time. So if I'm listening to something and I start laughing, the dogs just sort of stop and look at me like, what's wrong with you, human? So I am the co-founder and current mastermind of Smart Bitches Trashy Books, which is a website community, more commonly known as a blog, though I think that's one of like the worst words in English. It's like, such an unattractive word, but that's what it is. It's a blog community devoted to romance fiction. Um, our sort of mission statement, which I came up with when the site was around 11 years old. Now it's 13 years old, which is, you know, really old for a, a blog, especially a self-sustaining media. So very old. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, da I date way back. I date way back to like the Mesozoic era of the internet. Um, Smart Bitches is for romance readers to connect with one another and to connect with the books that they want to read. We have regular reviews and features and discussions about romance fiction and chance of cat 100%. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yep. We have a lot of really fun discussions. We help people find books if they can just remember the plot, but they can't remember the title and author. We have an enormously positive success rate with people describing books and going, I know exactly which one that is. And when you think about how many romances are published, it's oh. really kind of astonishing. Yeah, There's one of our lot. friends is a, a romance author and her output is just amazing. It's astonishing, right? Yeah. 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 So I also host a podcast called Smart Podcast Trashy Books, which is devoted to romance fiction and things that are of interest to romance readers. So I talk to authors and readers, librarians. I talk to... Um, this past week I recorded and edited an interview with a professional dominatrix. That was really oh, wow. cool. Yeah. So cool. So cool. Mostly I, I sort of reach out and, and email people and hope that they'll <laughs> be like, yes, I would love to talk to you. And then I'm like, yes. And then my inner 13 year old is like, oh no, I got to cope with questions. The that's, other, uh, yeah. is that the hardest part? No, that's why I have six standard questions. Right. Very smart. I know what I'm going to ask people. And also then the listeners like you know that it's going to be sort of an apples to apples comparison because I'm not yep. going to be like going sideways mm -hmm. about something until after we get through the six questions. Yes, I understand completely. Yes. So I have written three books. Mm -hmm. uh, two are nonfiction and one is fiction. And they are all about or within the romance genre. And then about two years ago, I started an additional project, which began on the website and then expanded to um, expanded to its own site because it didn't quite fit in inside Smart Bitches. It's called Organization Academy. Oh. Uh, basically, I started talking to authors about what they use to organize themselves, what tools they use. And a lot of them use paper planners, mm -hmm. um, traveler's notebooks, bullet journals, passion planners. Uh, all these different name brand planners. And I was fascinated how different authors with different approaches were oh, yeah. using these different materials. I thought, oh, this is cool. But I don't use paper for my calendars. <laughs> I use Google Calendar. Um, and I digitize almost everything. I do have a traveler's notebook, but it's mm -hmm. very small. It's for two specific things. And then everything else is digital. So I started writing an introduction post to how I use Google Calendar, which turned into like eight posts because there's <laughs> a lot to cover. Oh, God, yes. And I spun that out into Organization Academy, which is a newsletter that is every two weeks about using Google Calendar to organize and declutter your life. I have an online course called Menu Planning Mastery, which is how I use Google Calendar to plan my menus and make my shopping and cooking life a lot easier. Hold on. I'm writing that one down for me. <laughs> basically, basically, my goal was I want you to know the answer to the question, what's for dinner, so that you don't stand there at four o'clock and go, uh, I don't know. Because that's when my brain has no more decisions left in it. All, all, yeah, all cognitive power is done at that point uh -huh. of the day. Every last I'm bit. I'm done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think that's something that people don't realize or they're not taught to recognize as an understandable limitation of your brain. Your brain only has a certain number of decisions mm -hmm. in it. Yeah. And yeah. you can't, you, you can't just expect your brain to be like top peak creativity and decision making all day brain gets tired there was a there was a whole post that um the ability to focus is very much even among people who wouldn't normally subscribe to this but it's very much like the spoon theory 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was an amazing article. I'm like, oh, that explains so much. You know, right? Yeah. And there's a there's a terrible expectation placed on women, especially that we're supposed to be this limitless source of information that I'm all and patience and and mm-hmm. energy. Like I'm supposed to never be like, no, I'm tired. I'm done. Yeah. Whereas I will look at my younger son, who's an extrovert, and I'm an introvert, and I will say to him, dude, I am out of words. I am done. I got no more words. I can listen to you. I love to listen to you, but I can't say anything back. I just want to hear you. I got no more words. And he's like, okay. Yeah. I actually had to say to to my kids when they were, yeah, six years oldish, seven years oldish, look, I realize you are incredibly focused and interested in Pokemon. I can't take it right now. God, yes. Anything with a taxonomy. My kids are bananas for Pokemon. Then there was Beyblades. And oh, yeah. there's uh, anything where you can organize things and there's ranking. And the, oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. Been there. Yeah. And you, do you still find Pokemon cards everywhere? No, no, no. My oldest I'm is 19 jealous. and he moved out. Oh, right? oh, that's a thing that happens. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my, my, my youngest wow. is 16 and he just, when he's at my house, because I share custody with my ex-wife, he is in his room. He he is a digital online person. He comes out for yeah. food and he grunts. And yep. there is, so like if Pokemon cards find their way out, that is an aberration now. <laughs> Mine are just, I will encounter them everywhere. I have more random Pokemon cards than I do dust bunnies. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. <laughs> what habits or systems are important to you? <laughs> let's see here um so i mentioned i mentioned google calendar already Uh let's see here we go so i do use paper for some things um i mentioned that i have a small traveler's notebook and i use that for what i call word labor Uh basically if you've ever gone into labor you don't really have a lot of choice you just, it's just going to happen. Yep. Sorry. There is no choice in the timing and there's no snoozing that. So, so, not, so but what I consider my creative brain has like a crock pot in the back and you know, things I'm thinking about, will just go in the slow cooker, right? They'll just, okay, yeah, they'll yeah. just chill back there for 18 hours, a couple of days, a couple of weeks. And this has been happening to me since college. All of a sudden my brain will be like, oh, I've got it. I know exactly what you need to say. Here are the words. And I just have to write them down. Yep. My brain is like, it's Mm -hmm. time for words. And if I, and I'm much faster with a pen than I am with typing. Mm -hmm. So I do carry a notebook for word labor and habit tracking purposes. Beyond that, everything is in Google calendar. Um, I Mm -hmm. have a calendar for the website. I have a calendar for me, Mm -hmm. my house, my car, I think has its own calendar. (laughs) My husband's, uh, my husband, my husband's just the one. I only have one. Um, My pet's Everything is set up in there. And I pre-program a lot of things to repeat annually to remind me of things that I have to do. Like, for example, um, I really like automation. So Mm -hmm. I have a calendar appointment for reminding me to set up my kids' physicals. Oh, nice. But the thing about health insurance is that you have Mm -hmm. one year plus one day. So if they had their appointment on the 26th of February, the following year, it has to be the 27th or later. So (laughs) it's so stupid and so So it's just, it's, yeah, so it's basically the the annual physical just pushes out, like, like in 10 years, it's now moved 10 days. By the time you're 30, well, by the time you're 30, you've probably changed health. Yeah, you've exchanged, you've, yeah, and you've changed insurance companies so many times it doesn't matter anymore. Doesn't matter, right? But for me, yeah. for example, I need to schedule their appointments after their birthdays, but mm-hmm. in early spring because I need to get their camp forms done. Mm-hmm. And this is not information my brain is going to hold on to. My brain is right. all RAM, no hard drive whatsoever. And I and and mm-hmm. David Allen says the same thing in getting things done. Your brain's not a hard right. drive; it's not meant to store things. It's meant to be a creative place. My brain is very much in agreement with that statement. So inside that calendar reminder, time to make the appointment in the comments or in the description Mm -hmm. or in the the notes section, even better, I will write down, um, here's what you need. You need this form. You need this information. It needs to be during this time. So all of the sort of knowledge that would otherwise maybe have resided in my head resides in another place. So I don't have to go, what was the thing I have to do with the 
paper forms and the I don't remember. <sighs> and then I have to go back and do all that research again. No, mm-hmm, no, no, mm-hmm. no. I keep yep. it all in one place. Yep. And then before we had the recording mishap and had to start the question over. Yes, yes. I had asked if you use any sort of automation, because I use automation to track it. things with my with my chicken coop and make sure I don't forget to check them in at night or I don't have to get up early and open the door because I've got a thing that opens the door for me at That's sunrise. That's so cool. That's so cool. Although I'm going to be. I'm hoping to present on it at a local tech conference this year, and I'm just because like last year they had someone talking about how they had set up a thing to automate spraying their cat when they got on the kitchen counter. I know, right? Using open source software, and, right? And so now I've got to now I got to warm up that with my chickens. So yeah, your chickens cannot be left behind in this technological advancement. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yes. Yeah, but I'm automating the living daylights out of it. So are you automating anything? I love other than just like reminders. Okay. Love automations. I love the idea of setting something up and then having it remind me later. The biggest connected mm-hmm. automation for me right now is between Google Calendar. Zapier and Slack, Mm -hmm. which I use to talk to my writers for the website. Slack is wonderful. And it has a lot of automations. And I like Zapier a little bit better than if this, then that, because I think Zapier was better for my, the way I process information. And it gave me more information when something went wrong. Right. And it it communicates a lot. It it explains Mm -hmm. things in great detail. So for example, the website has its own calendar Mm -hmm. and there are features that happen every month. And some of these things involve collaboration. So I have uh, the third Saturday of every month is a feature called what you're reading. And Mm -hmm. there is a notification attached to that calendar appointment four days prior. When that notification goes off, it triggers an automation in Zapier, which then makes a post on Slack to everyone in the group. Hey, it's time for what are you reading? What are you reading right now? And it's from Sarah Bot. Sarah Bot Mm -hmm. is so good at reminding me to do things. (laughs) And then there's internal information. Um, Uh You ever you ever hear the uh, the USB plug in theory of time saving? So you know that you have the USB and you either have to put it upside down or you need to figure out which way it goes in. If you Mm -hmm. add up the microscopic amounts of time that you spend turning the USB over to figure out which way it goes in, you end up with a good amount of time. And that same uh, theory, I think, applies to things like signing your name at the end of an email or, you know, this is ready and then going to type the words, hey, there's stuff for you. The automation saves me that extra little tiny step, and that time does add up. So, for example, we have a bunch of spreadsheets on Google Sheets that track uh, reviews and Uh books that need to go into our internal database. With Zapier, the minute new data is added to those spreadsheets, the people who need to know get a notification, hey, there's new data. Hey, there's something has been changed or something's been added. For me, there are multiple tabs on the review spreadsheet because there's different kinds of reviews. I will get an I will get a notification. This has something new. This has something new. So that when I go to the block of time that I've reserved for editing, I know exactly mm-hmm. where I need to go and where I need to look for all of the new stuff that I need to um, edit and examine. I know where all of it is. Wow! Have you pumped? Now you you did this in you you said you did this in like eight blog posts. Well, the right? blog posts were specifically mm-hmm. about uh, using Google Calendar, creating a new calendar. Right. I think mm-hmm. the example that I used for the blog post was um, tracking your menstrual periods separately because. Oh, my God, that is that is right? so important. And I'm, I'm this is this, I, I'm saying this be, as as like my ex-wife would be surprised. Oh, yeah. Irregular I, periods I, are the worst. No, no, no. They were regular. I had tracked them down. I knew when they were happening. <laughs> she was. She wasn't. This is so. I. I. I was just floored and flabbergasted. Why is she not tracking this? It's so important to her like lifestyle and you general know. comfort and laundry. Yes. Oh yeah. So, well, I'm the one who does the laundry too. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> So with the with the with the example that I used on the website, um, if you create mm-hmm. a new calendar to track your health, it doesn't even have to be your menstrual period. It can be like, how are you feeling today? And then you could like, right. for example, you could color code your mood, and then you look mm-hmm. at a month view, and you're like, whoa, I'm really sad at the same time, or I'm really up mm-hmm. energetic at the same time. Um, 
the ability to track your your health information in a Google Calendar gives you the ability to zoom out. So the example okay. I used was tracking your menstrual period, especially if it was irregular. And then you'd be right. able, then you'd be able to, whenever someone asks you at a doctor's appointment, when was your last cycle? Uh, I can tell you it's on the calendar because Scott is on the calendar. It's, Scott, it's, it is that important. It has its own schedule. You, uh, mm-hmm. it's people will have to talk to your people. This is a very important thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the end result of that series was talking about menu planning. And I took that mm-hmm. series of blog posts and I developed it into an online course, which was all about using Google Calendar to plot out your menu, repeat dinners that you like, create a master depository of mm-hmm. all of the menu items that you like. So for my family, I have two children. We have four star meals, which are things that all four people like, three stars, two stars, <laughs> and one star, which is usually what I make for myself for lunch. But all of these recipes are in a spreadsheet, and then we can schedule them on a calendar. Dinner has its own calendar because very very important things get their own calendars. And then we can repeat things like this is really popular. I could make cashew chicken for my family every week, and they would be like, that's great. So that gets populated more more often than something that's a very specific taste or something that we only eat in the spring or fall or whatever. So that online course developed out of that blog series Mm -hmm. because – a, it wasn't entirely about romance novels, and it got bigger and bigger and bigger the more I found right, that I could right. explain how this works. Because once you automate something, you've saved yourself so much time, so right? So much time, right, yeah. Oh, believe me, I'm a system administrator, right? Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, so I'm lazy. I think we should all be lazy system administrators, which means that I'm going to do a lot of upfront work yep. to automate things so that I don't have to do it again later, right? And that seems to floor so many people are like, oh, no, we're going to automate all that away. They're like, but don't you need to be, like, checking that server every hour? Why? Nope. There are tools to do that. That is ridiculous, you know? I, if I need to look busy, that means I'm worried about my job and appearances and not actually doing a good job for you. Um, or as, or as I, I wrote a blog post years and years ago about the difference, um, the Scotty versus LaForge system administration oh. theories, right? Yeah, because geek, right? Um, and how how uh, Mr. Scott was always like, oh, no, it's an emergency, and, and oh, it's going to take a week longer. Oh, no, it didn't, so now look how awesome I am. Uh, well, the Forge is just like, it had better be humming, and it had better be ready. When I need it, I should be able to throw a button and have it work, not, not everything's an emergency, right? So, yeah. So, what was the the biggest help or best advice you've been given? We talked a little bit about David Allen, and we've talked about Google Calendar and, and Zapier. So, so what else can we sort of uh, add in there? I've generally found that with productivity books, they're a lot like parenting books. There's one really good applicable piece of information in there, but oh, it's usually God, just yes. one. And then the rest mm-hmm. is sort of like, eh. That's fine. I guess that works, but that's mm-hmm. nah, just one. There are only there's only one or two books where I've been like, I need to read this over and over again because this blew my mind. And I actually have right. one of them to tell you about later. But David Allen's getting things done. Not all of that system worked for me, but there were some parts where I was like, okay, this I can use. Mm-hmm. Another mm-hmm. example would be um Oh God, what the heck was it called? I have to oh my god <laughs> almighty. I can't believe I have to look I'm, this I'm up while I'm talking to you. That's <laughs> fine. That's fine. At least it, it, it wasn't Seven Habits, was it? No. No. No, I, I, I don't mean, remember that. <laughs> I, I started with the Franklin Covey system. Yes. So it, I mean, so it gave me all this base, and then it's like, oh, wow, David Allen was a big, was suddenly like a big change. And then when I was thinking about it, I'm like, it's really not that big a change. It's just how you do this the, the important things are still there yes right um and and that may be the one thing i guess about it when we say ho-hum is that it's because it's repeating what we've read in the other 15 books yes and it's it's re it's okay. reframing old information so the book that of course immediately right. left my brain when you asked me <laughs> what other things were useful to you is a book mm-hmm. by uh matthew kelly who i was later told is something of a christian inspirational to writer, I believe. I'm not entirely mm-hmm. sure about that. But um, he wrote a book, and my library has so many of these um, 
productivity books that are super expensive mm-hmm. to buy. So I borrow them from the library. This one was yep. called Off Balance, Getting Beyond the Work-Life Balance Myth to Personal and Professional Satisfaction. Now, this was really, really interesting to me. And if you've heard of mm-hmm. Matthew Kelly, like he's written books about um, – like rediscovered Jesus and living yeah, yeah. with passion and purpose. Like I'm Jewish. The whole Jesus part is not going to help me out with Jesus and I are <laughs> totally cool. I am all good. But the right. off balance book I found mm-hmm. really interesting because it talked about how the idea of separating work and life and then trying mm-hmm. to balance them is an entirely terrible idea because you're separating your work from your life. Your work is actually part of your life. And what you need to yeah. do is integrate all of the things that are part of your life so that you have satisfaction over all of it, not separating them. Because then, especially in the United States, your work is going to be the most important thing. It has to be the most important thing because we're supposed oh, to be working yes, all the time. Absolutely, yes. Right. Yeah. Supposed to be working. So, Sorry, promise to work ethic. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yes, exactly. Yes. So, <laughs> so with the idea that you – completely reframe the idea of work-life balance and then ask yourself, mm-hmm. okay, what does a satisfactory life look like? That allows mm-hmm. me to go, oh, okay, so why am I doing this? What is my goal? What is what is it that mm-hmm. I want? What, what is it that I'm actually working towards? And what's bothering mm-hmm. you? Can we fix it? A lot of the time, the things that are annoying me are actually things mm-hmm. that I've had to do over and over and over. And the redundancy is making me bored and frustrated. And then that's my cue. Like, oh, that's a thing you can probably automate it. Let's Let's make that thing go away. Right, right. The other one is the red sock in your load of whites. Oh, my God. So you've got like one <laughs> red baby sock in your load of white laundry. You're screwed. Your laundry is pink. Psychologically, and I think this comes from a doctor named Dr. Stein, um, the the red sock in your load of whites. I just stopped buying red. <laughs> right? It's a great solution. Yeah psychologically the red sock in your load of whites is the thing that you have to do that you dread so much that your dread bleeds into the days before and the days after like oh my god i gotta do that thing this thing is coming up i hate this thing oh i did that thing i feel like crap and then it comes around again your job Mm -hmm. is to either minimize or get rid of the red sock it doesn't matter why you don't like it if you don't like it you just get rid of it so that helps me a lot because that also tells me what did what i need to eliminate or what do i need to automate so that i don't have to deal with it personally Right, right. Nice. So now for the fun question. Ready for some fun? Yes, I'm all, this is already fun. Yeah. Um, how do you reward yourself? <laughs> when you do a good job or, or that post just went viral and you're like, oh my god, this is nuts? <laughs> um, typically, I rest. I make myself stop. Um, okay. I... I have absorbed very much the idea of, oh, well, you work on the internet, you work from home, you can always be working. Rewarding myself is actually saying, nope, you're going to leave your phone in the other room and you're going to go play Dragon Age Inquisition. Have fun. Oh, yeah. For the, the, the trick for me is that reading used to be my go-to reward. If I got all my work mm-hmm. done, I could go read a book. Well, reading books is also my work. And sometimes reading burnout happens to my brain. And what I want is to be told a story without having to do all of the mental construction work and then figure out, do I like Mm -hmm. this book? Am I enjoying it? Video games are a wonderful way for me to enjoy that narrative having Mm -hmm. with with sort of half of it built by my choices and half of it built by the programmers and the designers. That is a big reward for me. So I have Dragon Age Inquisition. And then if I'm really stressed out, I just I play Stardew Valley. Because I just I just harvest some crops and I romance this really cool chick who lives down below my farm and nothing bad happens. No one's trying to kill me. Maybe it rains. Maybe I get eaten by a monster in a mine. I got to pay Joe like however many thousands of whatever. It's a very low stress, low risk, repetitive game that is charming as heck. And it got to the point where I was really stressed out and I was listening to the soundtrack. <laughs> Oh wow! Like, oh, it's that, the summer soundtrack. Dee, 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 dee. <laughs> I've I've been avoiding Stardew Valley for since it like came out, um, just because I I when my kids said we want Minecraft, and I've been hearing all these things about Minecraft. The first thing I did was I said, okay, let's. My my kids were kind of young, you know, um, and I'm like, okay, I'll get this and play it because I've heard some mixed reviews. Three days later, (laughs) 
I was like, oh yeah, I will buy you guys Minecraft, it's cool. And now excuse me while I go back to building my thing. And uh, uh, my wife and I, we play, we co-op Seven Days to Die, which has a little bit more, it's like Minecraft, but it's really post-apocalyptic zombie world. Right. And it's kind of hardcore, which we both enjoy, and it has aspects we both enjoy, but again, when we're like, yeah, let's play some Seven Days to Die, that's like all we do for three or four weeks. Yep. Like, you know? Deep so, dive. So I've been, I've been kind of avoiding Stardew Valley because I'm afraid that's all I'm going to do after work and, and all that, because, you know, I have stuff that needs to get done, but, you know, but if it helps me relax, maybe it's, it's, it's worth the risk. Um, you know, right now I'm playing a, a dumb one called, I think it's uh, uh, Kingdoms and Dragons or Dragons and Kingdoms, a, a Steam pre-release. Yeah. Kingdoms and Dragons. Yeah. Yeah, but you're, it's like, it's sort of like Settlers of Catan, except you're only on an island, and every so often the uh, the uh, dragon attacks or the Vikings invade, otherwise you've got to manage food and, and resources and all that. Right. It's really relaxing, even when the dragon comes in. So, yeah, no. It is, it is, it is interesting to me, especially, like, Stardew Valley, for example, is uh -huh. a really good indicator, I think, of how you respond to the stress of having habits. Okay. Because you, you wake up, you, 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 you have inherited a farm on Stardew Valley, and then you get turnip <laughs> or parsnip seeds, which is awesome because I right. happen to love parsnips. And oh, God, so, yes. So you have to clear the land and plant your parsnips. And then you can go to the mm -hmm. store and buy more seeds. So you got to clear the land, plant the seeds, and then you got to water the seeds. So now each day comes with a few more things to do based on the decision mm -hmm. you've already made. Okay, well, you need iron. You got to go mining. You, you have chickens. Well, you now you got to go take care of your chickens. Oh, you, yeah. You have to sell the things that you make or keep the things that you make to make something else. Uh, mm -hmm. there's all of these, these things that you do every day. And each day as you progress in the game, you have more things to do. Well, then you have to start getting into, um, figuring out ways for those things to be done for you. Do you save up all of the things that you need to get sprinklers so that it'll water nine mm -hmm. squares and the, the, the very retro styling of the game? Oh yeah, is is really fun. I've I've seen I've seen the screenshots and it's like oh that is that is heaven for someone who you know started playing video games when arcades were the new hotness. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I was reading a really um, interesting article about I think it was actually on Tumblr. I don't know if you can call it an mm -hmm. article on Tumblr, but it was cool. It was about sensory mm -hmm. memories that you are that are very specific, like mm -hmm. um the the sound or the feeling of putting a VCR tape into the machine and then having it just that little bit of resistance and then the tape goes in or the sound <laughs> and smell of blowing mm -hmm. a, a video cartridge because it wasn't uh. working, blowing into the cartridge and then sticking it into the machine. And I was like, that is an entirely unique sensory experience that my children will never have. No, not with, um, digital I guess not downloads. with digital downloads and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Cartridge. So, oh my god. Well, no, because you still get them. Like, the if you go out and you buy a retail game for your 3DS or your Switch true. or whatever. That's true. Those are still a cartridge. cartridge. Yeah. But it doesn't have that cool, fuzzy middle part that attracts all the lint. The, the eyes, yeah, the actual board edge. Yes. It's more like an SD card than, you know, it's like we were inserting cards into a computer. I mean, we literally were, I guess, at the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Did you ever take one apart and have to erase it to, to clean the contacts? No, no. But I did okay. manage to change the battery on an old Game Boy game. Oh, wow. I was so impressed yeah. with myself. <laughs> I got the battery and I got the conductors off. And I didn't. Mm -hmm. I, I used to do tech support and I used to write help files and I used to wander around New York cleaning spam and malware off of people's right, computers. Right, right. And, of course, they never looked at porn. What was I talking about? But I never did hardware um, work. So I got the uh -huh. battery off the motherboard of this little Game Boy uh -huh, game and put uh -huh. it back on and it booted up. And I was like, I deserve a PhD in engineering right now. That I'm amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, when I started in IT, it was everything was a custom build. Yeah. Dell, Dell wasn't around yet. Gateway wasn't around nope. yet. IBM was like the big IBM and Compaq. Yeah. You couldn't afford those. Ooh. So if you needed a server, you had to know how to build that. And Everything. Nothing came with networking. You had to insert it all yourself. Oh my god, yeah. Solder, solder, solder. 
Yes, which is why doing Raspberry Pi stuff now is so much fun, because it's like retro. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, now that we've done the fun one, let's flip the coin. Yeah. What do you do when you miss, or when you fail, or when you don't hit that goal? Well... I used to work in overnight camping. I, my husband and I got together mm -hmm. at an overnight camp. I worked uh, in professional camping for overnight summer camps for kids. And my in-laws were camp directors. So mm -hmm. my husband and I talk a lot about something we call camp sense, which has two parts. Mm -hmm. One is when you're working at an overnight camp, you have a lot of things going on in a very compressed amount of time. So if something goes wrong, yes. you just fix the problem. Whatever mm -hmm. has gone wrong, fix it. Later, you mm -hmm. can come back and figure out why it happened and who dropped the ball. And then you can figure out how to make sure it doesn't happen again. But the problem right. is the problem, not what caused mm -hmm. the problem. So placing blame and figuring out whose fault it is, is not going to help you. Um, the other part being that there's no such thing as that's not my job when you're at a summer camp. So you have this right. sort right. of idea that we are all working together to make this experience happen. Those two things affect how I deal with missing a goal or failing at something because I can mm -hmm. go, okay, is there an immediate problem I need to fix? Right. Okay, no, there's not There's not an immediate problem I need to fix. Okay, how did this happen? Why did this happen? Let's see if we can make sure this doesn't happen again. Um, for example, uh, when I released my course for menu planning mastery, Mm -hmm. I have a lot of instructional videos on using Google Calendar, including very basic stuff, how to set up a Google Calendar, how to make an right. appointment, how to set up notifications. And then the week that I was about to launch the course, Google was like, hey, we have a brand new design, everybody. Here you go. Oh, <laughs> so all yeah. the videos are a little out of date, especially now that there's been yeah. a mandatory uh, upgrade. So I've been mm -hmm. reshooting the videos. And my goal was to get all of the reshoots done by the end of February. That did not happen. So I'm like, mm -hmm. I can I can skip the part of being really unkind to myself and assigning mm -hmm. blame to myself by right. saying, okay, what's the problem? Well, there isn't actually a problem. I'm just going to have to move that date back. There, there's no emergency. Right. Why did this happen? Because we had snow days and early dismissals because of weather that didn't show up every week since January 2nd because our school district is bananas. We've had yeah. snow days. For rain. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, <laughs> down here, yep. I kind of understand that because if it's cold enough and we get rain, that turns into ice slicks really quick yes, on the roads. Exactly. Um, but if I'm north of the Mason Dixon, theory is that words are, or that the, the things are treated and that the roads will not ice over quite in that same way as if it were snow. I'm I could be wrong. Well, I moved from New Jersey, northern New Jersey, outside New York, to outside D.C. Right. a little over two years ago. And oh, okay. I, but I went to college in South Carolina, so I know how mm -hmm. the South, capital T, capital S, reacts to snow. Like, I've seen that. And I understand, because right. there's no treatment. Mm -hmm. And no one knows how to drive. No, no one has snow tires. Mm -hmm. I get it. Yeah. I am farther into the South than I thought I was in right outside D.C., because there is a general, uh, yeah. oh, my God, get the beer, get the cereal, get the get the milk, and go inside. We're going to all die. The problem for us is that we have a county school system, and the county is long and stretches to the north, uh -huh. and we're in the south yeah. end of it. So there's ice up in the north part. All of us are out of school. So we mm -hmm. would have a number of snow days based on the fact that it was icy in one part and rainy in another, and my kids would be like, oh. why am I home? And I would be like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but enjoy it while you can, yeah, exactly. because when you're in school until August, because the school system is, yeah, no, it's, so um, we go no, play video we, games. we have that here, yeah. So we go play video yeah. games, and that mm -hmm. that moves my target date. So it's mm -hmm. not that I did something wrong, it's that I had unforeseen increments or uh, incursions on my time and that's fine right. i can yeah. i can yeah. learn not to be uh, an unmitigated jerkwad to myself learning mm -hmm. to deal with failure and missing a goal the first thing for me was changing how i talk to myself when that happens because most right. of the time i mean i work on the internet there's no arterial mm -hmm. blood loss no one's dying no one needs a kidney it's just you missed a deadline <laughs> and you need to reschedule like just relax it's okay in yes. five years it's not gonna matter the other thing no, that I find, not really. no, it's not right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. The other thing that I definitely want to tell you about is the book that I really enjoyed. It's a book mm -hmm. called "The Four Tendencies" by Gretchen Rubin. I'm making notes. Hold on. 
<laughs> so this book is all about how you respond to internal and external expectations. And there are four different tendencies in how you respond to expectations. So there mm-hmm. are upholders who respond equally to internal and external expectation. You give me a due date, I hit the due date. I set a resolution, I keep the resolution. Right. And then there are obligers who respond very well to external expectations, but struggle mm-hmm. when it's an internal expectation. So you give me a deadline, okay. I'm going to meet it. New Year's resolution that I don't have any external accountability for, I'm going to struggle unless I find a way to have external accountability. Then okay. there's questioners. Questioners respond to internal very well, but external, not so much. Not so much. Okay. Unless there's a good reason why. And inherently, that is internal justification. Oh, fascinating. So I'm a questioner. Like, I, it, mm-hmm. well, we do it this way because it's the way we've always done it is like the first class ticket to, well, I'm not gonna because that's dumb. <laughs> that's right. Yes. <laughs> so for me, why am I doing this? What is the reason mm-hmm. I'm doing this? What, what is the, what is the point that those questions are going to motivate me? And then the fourth tendency is rebel. They don't want to have any expectations placed on them. And the minute you mm-hmm. place expectations on them, they're like, nope, not gonna, not gonna, not gonna. That's me. Yep. That's me. Yeah. And that's very powerful. It, it And some of the uh, things in the book talk about how these d- different tendencies mm-hmm. pair together in work and personal relationships. Mm-hmm. And I found that um, upholders and rebels and uh, obligers and rebels often pair because the upholder is going to be bound by the schedule and the expectation. Mm-hmm. And they're going to admire the idea that the rebel's like, well, what if we don't? What's going to happen? <laughs> You can actually yeah. take a quiz to figure out which one you are. I think it's happiercast.com slash quiz. And then the full book okay. is really, really fascinating. And that book came out of a book that she also wrote called um, Habits, uh, Better Than Before, The Science of Forming and Keeping Habits. So oh, yeah. <laughs> those two books actually help me reframe mm-hmm. what I look at as missing a goal mm-hmm. or failing because – if I didn't do a thing that I wanted to do and there's things that I am in control to make that thing happen better then I am the one who right. needs to make changes and form new habits to make that happen. If I want to have bigger arm muscles, that's not going to happen by reading articles about it. I have to actually go lift a weight. <laughs> you, you have know? to actually do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it also teaches me how to be smarter. Mm-hmm. There's a really great book called Straw Bale Gardening, which is about setting up a vegetable garden inside a straw bale. No weeding. Mm-hmm. No pests. You can put a net over it and you can set an automatic timer so that it waters with a drip hose every morning and every night before and after the sun it shows up. So you set up a garden and then you just sort of leave it alone. And then you go show up and there's vegetables. And I'm like, I love this. This is perfect for me. That's kind of how we do it anyway. Yeah. It ended up the entire backyard is now a garden. The entire front yard is a garden. Yep. Um, the backyard, however, has a fence so the deer don't get to it. The yeah. Front yard, yeah. We have yeah. that problem. We have a lot of mm-hmm. deer and foxes, and like I have all this wildlife near my house now. It's wild. Well, we have them. Um, so I've got a wonderful fig tree that I love in the backyard because I can take a break from work and I can go out back and I can go have a fig. That's awesome. But uh, I know it's great right up until the possum discovered it. Oh, no. And then I'm going outside. I'm like, oh, there should be a fresh. Yeah, there's nothing but like a, a chewed up end piece because the possum is like, hey, fresh figs. Oh, hook me man. Up. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do about that, except take what I can get before the possums get to them. Um, but uh, uh, but no, I mean, that's the thing. The garden in a large part, especially if you're doing like trees or yep. beans, yep. is is really self-sufficient whether or not we're in that bale. Yes. Um, you know, it's it's much more of a, okay, we have to go out and harvest. Yep. Um, and the bale was yeah. key for me when I started learning about this process because in New Jersey we had mm-hmm. terrible soil. It was all clay. Nothing. Oh, yeah. Well, I just spent two hours refreshing the potting soil in the garden. Well, <laughs> two hours refreshing the potting soil, apparently, yeah. Um, in there. Two hours a day, yeah. So... <laughs> um, I think once you get into using yeah. something like Zapier and Google Calendar mm-hmm. and things that are set to recur, you start looking mm-hmm. at other areas of your life and thinking, okay, how can I automate this? Is there something I can That's... do? Can I automate this some way? Can I make this easier? Usually you can. That... 
That is why my chicken coop is an Internet of Thing device now. So yeah, That's brilliant. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Which are they? Okay, no, they're they're hiding somewhere because of the rain. They do that. So, and it's nice to be able to look out my office window and go, oh, there are my chickens. Yeah. Right on. Most uh, yeah, chickens, gardens, very restful depending on what you're you you need to to do. Yes. Right. So. Very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's. I've, that's one of the things I've learned in how I deal with um, missing a goal or not hitting the mark or something like that. Like, so, and, and I'm open about this. I have uh, uh, chronic depression. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have burned out at least four times that I yep. can count. Not that is realizing so it. fun. Yeah, and and I, I well, okay, yeah, and so I am dedicated to help with that. Um, you know, uh, but uh, that means that I'm also learning not to take it so hard because the medicines will sort of like go, oh, no, you don't. Yeah. You know, they, they will short circuit it. But now it's like, oh, yeah, uh, things are going horribly for work right now. You know what? Uh, it's, there, no one's going to literally die. I'm going to go sit with my chickens for five minutes. My coworkers are freaking out. I'm like, no, dude, step back. The, we're, we're all, you know, yes, we're losing money by the minute. But we don't need to kill ourselves over it. Um, that was my last job. My new job is much different environment. Much more. No, we, we expect you have kids, and so you're going to do things, and you're going to work weird hours because you're a sysadmin, because that's what sysadmins do, right? Yeah. So it's, and so, you know, and that, that feeds a lot into it, is when you have an environment that, Wants to be integrated, like we said, with the work-life balance. Yeah. Wants to be integrated and not just your work is your work and your personal time is your personal time and bugger off if you don't like it. Um, so. That's very true. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's one thing I've noticed. One of the reasons we moved was mm-hmm. because my husband got a job at the federal government. And um, I'm so sorry. You, no, it's <laughs> the most wonderful thing. It is the most <laughs> wonderful place to work. It is incredible mm-hmm. because every – he works uh, within the um, he has a, he has a union. There's a collective uh-huh. bargaining agreement, and so even uh-huh. though the the the, uh, the day the portrait changed when he walks into the office from the old oh, yes, yes. the new one, that was that was not a fun day. Uh-huh. But like ever since just after the election, the federal employees yeah. unions were like, "All right, buddy, yeah, come at us because we're so ready yeah. for you. This is this is way beyond your ken." The mm-hmm. thing about the federal government is that it's everything has a rule, and when you uh, are when you are done with work, you're mm-hmm. done. Like we mm-hmm. moved to this area, and I'm like, people here have hobbies. They do things. They like ride bikes, and, and like my neighbor has a has a mm-hmm. has a bunch of different saws to cut different pieces of wood, and he does it for like hours and builds things. And mm-hmm. people have hobbies here. It's because I lived outside New York. If it was raining cows, you still went to work. Oh yeah, if actual I, I, blood I, was coming out of the clouds. Not you're going to work. You got to be at work. You can't not work. It's all about being at work or getting to work. Here. Blizzard of '94, right? And I'm, I'm like, it is, it is hip deep snow to me, and I'm like, yeah, no. Apparently, the customer still wants me on site. It's a great day to do, do server maintenance, and I'm waiting, waiting through snow right? to get to the subway station yep. to get to Manhattan. Yeah. yeah, there is, there is an expectation that unless you are actually no longer alive, you're going to go to mm-hmm. work. Whereas we moved here, and mm-hmm. work has finite hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when and my husband went from working at a at a law firm to working for the government, and he got his um, BlackBerry the first week, and he put it down on Friday, <laughs> and he forgot about yeah. it. He, he's like, "Oh mm-hmm. man, I didn't look at it. Oh my god, I'm in so much trouble." And he picks it up, and there's nothing on it, and he's like, "Oh, it's broken. Great, now I'm really in trouble." And they're like, "No, we really meant it when we said we don't yeah, work no. on weekends." And I'm like, "What?" So whereas the uh, the higher executive structure of the federal government right now is not my favorite thing, <laughs> the structure that exists beyond the reach of incoming and outcoming administrations like the federal government uh-huh. itself is a wonderfully fascinating and altogether thoughtful organization it's it's amazing yeah. 
They expect yeah. you to be like, oh, you have a family. Okay, that's why we have mm-hmm. flex time. You can work from home. That's why we have this. Sometimes the government has a two-hour delay, and I find that hilarious. And it's it's interesting from the flip side, because I've never been an actual full-time federal employee. Yeah. I've only either been a vendor for them yep. or a contractor. Mm-hmm. And if you're a vendor or a contractor, even though you know the federal government is closed on the weekend, uh-huh. right? There's this expectation that no, we will be working if you, you know, if the federal government is closed, wow. we don't care. You know, yeah. So that's a when, different expectation, and that's that's not right. fair. That's not well. Fair. Yeah, that's it's hard. because the private company that like is the contracting firm. Like when I worked for a very large agency's computing center over at Research Triangle Park. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the federal government might be closed and none of our federal contacts were there, but because it wasn't part of the official corporate holidays for the big consulting firm, we're expected to be at our desks yep. and working and, and being productive, even if it wasn't really productive. And so it was like, yeah, we got fewer days off than the actual feds because they weren't part of the corporate holiday right. structure, right? Yep. And then, you know... My other, my last job, we were a vendor into the federal government, so that was a whole other ball game. That's a whole other thing. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. But yeah. The, the thing I love about living in this area is that mm-hmm. just about everyone around us works for a federal government or for a federal agency. Right. And when you work in an environment that has a start time and an end time, and those times are fixed. You have mm-hmm. time in your life to fill with other things, and then you can ask yourself, okay, what do I want to do with this time uh, that I have? Yeah. And then you have hobbies. I'm mm-hmm. still blown away by the number of hobbies around me because I still have that. You're at home, and you can work, so you should work and go do working things. But you're. But there's the difference. Like like myself and my wife. You are. Uh, I'm not self-employed, but I'm a remote employee. Yep. Right. So I'm a hundred percent remote. And so I, my, my home is my office, and yep. she's a writer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so there's we have to be very, very strict with, with like, setting those hours. Because yes. if we aren't, then we have this tendency, oh, it's 2 in the morning and I can't sleep. Well, I'll go work on a thing. Right. Right? Yeah. You know. That's not healthy. No. No. Especially when... You know, you work. I work on the thing for two hours, and then it's like, okay, I can pass out now. But no, it's a kid week, so I have to get up and take the kid to school at seven. Yep. Right. You know. So there's there's a lot of balance to it. Yes. And it's harder as a system administrator because if something breaks at two in the morning, you're expected to get up and do it. But depending, like this company's like, yeah, no, we understand you sleep late. Versus my prior company, which was like, yeah. That's the breaks. It was your week on call. Yeah. Sleep is optional. Yeah. No, sleep is not uh-huh. optional. Yeah. I also think that's you sort can... of the, the point of productivity, right? Like you, uh-huh. you identify your own productivity means also examining when it's more productive for you to rest and not work uh-huh. and do something yeah. else. Like that's also being productive. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. And, and the thing is that the failure mode, as it were, for not resting is basically collapsing at your desk. Yeah. Or, you know, and, but to a big company, mm-hmm. to someone who isn't the federal government, even though to the federal government to some degree, um, to a big company or like we were saying, a contractor or a vendor or something like that, yeah. you are a replaceable part. Oh, yeah. And if you fail, that's fine. We're going to just get another one. Right, and and that's that's a horrible attitude, but that is a very common one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a really interesting podcast that I like called "Hurry Slowly," which is all about mm-hmm. examining the way in which we are driven to work all the time, and mm-hmm. how we're you know hurry, hurry, work, work, do more. Um, and the host Jocelyn K. Gly uh, was giving mm-hmm. a, a workshop or a presentation, and she asked the audience two questions. And that sort of started her on the creation of the podcast. And the questions were, okay, how many people in this room, raise your hand if you think you work really hard? Everybody put their hands up. Okay, Uh how many of you think you can sustain that pace for the next five years? And just about everybody put their hands down. Yeah. And and Uh there was a really interesting, um, oh gosh, I can't remember where it is. I'll have to send you the link. There was an article about how it used to be you would get a job. And you would, uh-huh. you would ascend in the company, you'd get promoted, 
Mm-hmm. And you would reach a point where you didn't have to work as hard. And the reward for working hard was that you would have this senior position where you didn't have to work as hard. Right. That doesn't exist. So you start, it doesn't. It doesn't. You start at this mm-hmm. pace and then you have to keep that pace. And it's like, well, but that's not humanly possible. Or, or worse, the the reward for doing good work is more work. Yes. So, right. you, you, so it's yes. not that you have to sustain the pace. It's that you have to continually be faster, better, do more. There, there's no point where you get to slack off or you, you get to that reduction, um, which is what I find interesting about the big, like, um, so there's a, a whole... I don't know how up you are on this, but there's a whole thing in in technology and using agile methodologies yes. and sprints. And there's the talk about, you know, gaining velocity and whatever. But no one ever talks that, that there's a finite point where you are maintaining velocity and that is what you're really looking for, not constantly building and increasing velocity, constantly doing more things. No, the reason you're able to do more things with these systems is because... Not because you're doing more every every week or every sprint. It's because you're you're spacing it out and you're actually doing less and clearing out the clutter. But everybody thinks, oh, well, we're going to do this, and so we're going to get more done during the week. Oh, no, not really. Yeah. But but over the course of a year, you'll get more done because you're you're cutting out you know you're cutting out waste or you're finding where that sustainability point is, and you're not constantly pushing the edges and then causing slowdowns because you overestimated or whatever yeah yeah right? you, you acceleration is not pace right right wow um no we are way off the original topic but that's okay because I think, <laughs> I think we've covered all the questions yeah. and despite the recording mishap earlier which hopefully we're addressing now um I think I, this has just been fantastic. Thank you so much just for having me. Just been fantastic. Me. Yes. Oh no, no. I would so so pimp your stuff. Okay. Pimp your stuff. Tell us about the other stuff. Okay. Mad pimpage coming mm-hmm. your way. Yeah. So you yep, can yep. always find me at smartbitchestrashybooks.com mm-hmm. and on Twitter at smartbitches. I just crossed forty thousand followers. I don't know how many of those wow. are bots or rando eggs, but I was really excited. <laughs> I have not weeded for eggs, but I'm still really excited about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, We have a podcast, Smart Podcast Trashy Books, every Friday, new mm-hmm. episodes talking about different things that have to do with the romance genre, the women who read and write it. And then mm-hmm. organizationacademy.com, online courses, mm-hmm. uh, e- e- email courses or newsletter courses, and a biweekly newsletter about how to declutter your schedule using yeah. automation and Google Calendar. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And and you're going to email me all these links so I can put them in the show notes. Absolutely. Um, and then I've got all this other stuff to go research to put in the show notes, which is awesome. Um, yeah, I'm an expensive and, and bothersome person to know. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, a part of part of doing this is the enjoyment I get out of that. Yeah. It really is. Isn't podcasting so. fun? You get to talk to the most interesting people. It depends, you know. This is this is my this is our fourth. No, so we've got three ongoing. Yeah, so we've got three ongoing and one that um, uh, fell to the wayside because I ran out of time to do it. Yep. Um, People do not realize how much time it takes. uh, Especially that one was a weekly hour mix of music, and it takes a whole lot more time than the five minute short fiction podcast or the. Um, eat cheap podcast. Um, eat cheap is mostly recovery time. Yeah. It's you know, there's only so much you can put your body through, and then yeah. So, um, but no, this is so. This is the one where we're doing interviews. I'm doing interviews, and where I'm getting to talk to people, and I'm always excited about it. And it is so much fun, even if it is a little extra work. But I get to do things like, okay, let's go look up the mom agenda, or oh, now I have an excuse to play Stardew Valley. Yes, you or, do. It's for work. <laughs> You're playing Stardew Valley for work purposes. It is a study in habit building and productive use of your time virtually. It kind of is, yeah. Now, when you put it that way, now I don't feel so bad. No. Um, But, no, uh, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Oh, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. All right. And uh, and for the people at home, uh, the Wombat Test Subject and I will be back right after this.
Hey, and we're back. I really enjoyed talking to Sarah. I had so much fun. And when I went to stitch all this together earlier, I was crushed. Absolutely crushed when I heard my side of the audio. We had a, a hiccup that basically we both ended up recording and I had, you know, stitch it all back together and I thought that'll be fine. Not realizing that I had told it to record on the really, really crappy microphone on my laptop and not the really, really expensive, nice microphone that I normally use. So that's maybe kind of why it sounds bad, at least for my side of it. Still worth bringing you all of that because, again, so much fun, so much information, and I'm going to have a whole bunch of links in the show notes for this episode at productivityalchemy.com. The badge code for this week, because we issue open badges. These are badges with embedded, uh, images rather, with embedded metadata that are basically credits or proof that you have done something or learned something. And so you just enter the code that I'm about to give you into the website and you can get the badge for this week's episode. And the badge code this week is smart bitches, all one word. Just type that in and you will get awarded your badge for this week's show, which is great. And I want to thank everybody who's been supportive and everybody who has, you know, gone out and talked about the podcast and talked about uh, and told me how awesome the badges are. And, uh, you know, was very patient with me in responding to things like I just found out that one of my mail servers hadn't been sending me my mail and there was this big backlog. So there's a bunch of comments and letters that probably should have been in last week's letter show. That'll be next month's letter show. And we do letters, uh, basically on the second Tuesday of every month in between our, our regularly featured interviews. Speaking of, I have an amazing interview on deck with Mary Thingval that you're really going to enjoy. And I have one from Jim C. Hines that is just uh, great because it's always fun to talk to Jim. And those are going to be coming up over the course of the next month. All that being said, hey, folks, thank you for listening. You can support us at our coffee page, ko-fi.com slash ksunny. You can support us at uh, patreon.com slash Ursula V. That is the Red Wombat Studio Patreon that I'm going to just sit on her until we can remodel from just this is Ursula stuff to this is the Red Wombat Studio conglomerate Patreon. As part of the Patreon, by the way, you get access to all of her ebooks, her self-published ebooks, as they become available, sometimes early. Uh, for those of you who were keeping track of Summer and Orcus, not this past year, was this past year? Uh, um, year before. The year before, it was being released before on, it was being released to Patreon like a day before, maybe two days before it was being released to the public. So you had an early access to that, and then you were the first ones to get the finished book. If you've been following the Clackwork Boy, Clackwork, <laughs> the Clockwork Boys, and the Wonder Engine, then now is, you know, now is your chance to sign up because if you don't have the, the ebooks yet, they're actually included as part of your Patreon uh, sponsorship. So thank you all so much for supporting us. Thank you all for writing in. And uh, I guess the only thing left to say is uh, be productive. We'll see you next week.